Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. To all my fellow NBA players, don't call the snitch hotline. Don't cross the line to get Postmates. Don't fly LA work out. And last but not least, the Brooklyn Nets are coming for you. That's the way it works. That's Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets. No NBA players should be calling the snitch hotline. But apparently they're calling the snitch hotline. Apparently guys are sneaking around breaking rules, PK. Are they breaking little rules? Are they breaking big rules? Inquiring minds want to know. I would have lifetime imprisonment if you break the rules. Where? The Disney property? Sing Sing. Oh, Sing Sing. Okay. Is that uh, uh, what's that place out in the ocean in San Francisco? Alcatraz? Yeah. You know, my sister, her married last name is Alter Sitz. An Alter like it sits, only spelled with a Z. Mm-hmm. And when she was a junior high principal, the students thought she was so tough on them they called her Alcatraz. Oh, nice. <laughs> Did she like that nickname? Oh, yes. She, she's from Jersey, of course. So she, she embraced tough. it, the inner Jersey. <laughs> she thought it was soft, actually. <laughs> How come I can't be Q for San Quentin? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What other tough prisons? I don't know the, the degree of difficulty on prisons. I've don't have much experience with that. There's some Supermax outside of Colorado, but I don't know what it's called. That's a federal prison. It's got all the heavy hitters. It's got the baddest dudes, the heaviest yeah. of the heavy hitters. Yeah, I forget what it's called, too. But It's in the middle of nowhere out there on the plains. Rockets guard James Harden has arrived in Orlando. Denver Nuggets center Nikola Jokic cleared quarantine in Orlando. He's officially joined his teammates inside the bubble. So the big names are showing up, PK. The games are still uh, Jazz open it up two weeks from tomorrow. But the NBA needs its star power, and the NBA is getting its star power. It's just a regular dose of good news, man. Everybody's coming back. There it is. Nets forward Michael Beasley left the bubble after testing positive for COVID-19, according to reports. He'd been signed as a substitute player on July 9th. It is unknown if he will rejoin the team in Orlando. So those of you who wanted bad news, there it is. And Harrison Barnes announced, uh, the Kings forward announced he's tested positive, and he's been quarantined while awaiting clearance to travel to Orlando. So there you go. Indiana Pacers guard Victor Oladipo in an unresolved situation regarding $3 million in salary after he opted not to play in the NBA restart, but did travel the team to Orlando and cleared quarantine to practice with his teammates. Under the rules the NBA established for the season restart in Orlando, players who are healthy but opted not to play would have to forego the remaining salary for the season. Lawyers are reviewing the situation. The union thinks Oladipo should be paid. So, $3 million. Well, he's had some injury issues. Quad and he was coming back for some injuries, and I realized yeah. he he did come back. But I'm wondering, since he's down there, you know, what is the injury situation? I don't know that this is a clear cut clear cut thing. There might be a, might be a lot of gray in there. I think I think there probably is. You know, we don't, and we also don't know. Did he re-injure something? You know, working out, getting ready for this. What is the deal? I think there's 
There's stuff we don't know right now. Maybe they know it, but we don't. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I think Dak has the leverage in the fact that he knows he's already making a guaranteed salary for this year. Yeah. If they franchise tag him next year, it's more. But I don't think it's the same economic world for negotiating that it was before the pandemic. And Patrick Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey, you said it. Those might be the last huge deals. Well, you can understand why the, uh, what is it, about 15 or so players and the Cleveland Browns are getting close to a five-year contract extension with Miles Garrett. Probably be worth uh, $125 million with about $100 million guaranteed. But those kind of numbers, PK, with the pandemic and not knowing how many games you're going to play, not knowing how many preseason games you're going to play, not knowing if you're going to have 10%, 25%, 50%, 0% of the ticket revenue. I get why owners would be a little, uh, a little skittish on signing some nine-figure deal right now uh, spread out over multiple years. They might want to just hold on a little bit. But the deadline's today. I'm a fan of football. Not, uh, yeah, it is today. That that that's right. It is today. That's understood. But I'm a fan of football. I'm not a fan of negotiations and labor. So I don't follow this stuff. I have to rely on what you think. I think that the owners are justifiably a little skittish towards signing these long-term deals. Uh, there will be no fans in the stands at Eagles or Philly games in 2020. The city of Philadelphia announced yesterday. The Eagles are going to be allowed to play, just without crowds. The managing director, Brian Abernathy, said, according to Philadelphia Inquirer. So. NFLPA has requested a number of concessions from the NFL ahead of the 2020 season. Proposals include an opt-out clause for at-risk players to receive salary but not bonuses if they decide not to play. And an opt-out clause for players with at-risk families to earn an accrued season of benefits if they decide not to play. So... More labor stuff to be negotiated. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I'm confident in our plan. It has been not from a sense of like I told you so or anything like that. It's been nice to kind of see what's going on at these other schools, have conversations with these people, our medical personnel have conversations with these people. And so I think we've been able to learn some without our players being at risk. And so that that has certainly been helpful. That's Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma coach right there, remains confident there will be college football played this season. Expects to explore every option to play. Well, I expect them to explore every option to play, too. I don't know if that'll lead to college football or not, but I do expect them to explore every option. As we've said multiple times, there's just way too much money at stake and way too many jobs at stake for them not to explore every option. But where that's going to lead, I got no idea. I've been hearing a lot. Go. I've been hearing a lot that these that these are amateurs, and so they should not be expected to play, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the fact that you play the game, there's a risk. I mean, you literally could be paralyzed for the rest of your life by just playing the game. And you obviously could have brain damage later on that causes you to take your life by just playing the game. So there's all sorts of risk. I don't know that we're ever going to be risk-free in this game. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are speaking for these young men. I would like to hear them speak for themselves as far as whether they want to play or not. Well, I think the other thing that has to be considered is that, you know, the environment will not be risk-free, but will the environment be less risky than the one they will be in if they're not in this college environment? I mean, I, I think the pressure will be on these schools to minimize the risk so much 
And given everything we're reading in the headlines from different cities, I just can't imagine that that some of these scenarios, you know, when you're eating in the school dining commons and you got coaches constantly on you about behavior and risk and what you need to do, hard to believe that that's not going to be a better environment. Yeah, I understand. Less than a week after pausing voluntary workouts because of an undisclosed number of positive coronavirus tests, Ohio State student-athletes have resumed their voluntary workouts. What percentage of those are voluntary, you think, PK? I mean, there's a percentage of the kids who are probably just bursting with energy and they just got to, like, wor- they just got to work out, you know? But but at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think they're all that voluntary when you're a D1 athlete. Go play intramurals, brother. Uh <laughs> Well, it's Ohio State, so naturally they're doing wrong things. Just assume that, and <laughs> okay. you'll be safe. You'll be right far more often than you're wrong on that. But, yeah, I would think these kids want to work out. I mean, what else are they going to do? This is what they do. This is their time of life in which they do that, and they do that extensively. So, you know, I don't know to what degree is voluntary or not, but I would think that a large portion of them would want to do that, especially now. We're in the middle of July. The season, in terms of practice, would normally be less than two weeks away in most cases. Team kids would be reporting next week, the week after at the latest. So, body clock says it's time to go for these young lads. Yep, that whole uh, that whole inner sense. I ran into a local college football player about a week ago. I said, "How are voluntary workouts?" Uh, and he used the air quotes, "voluntary." voluntary. Right. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Everybody's going through the same thing. Everybody's playing the same amount of games. Everybody has the same issues as everybody else. And to be the last man standing is to be the last man standing. So there would be no difference for me. Corey Seager, don't need to put an asterisk on this World Series. It's the real deal. If you're jumping into the deep end of the pool with 30 other Major League teams, Two months is long enough of a regular season. It's ready to crown them the real world champs. There'll be all the pressure, PK. You know, there's all kinds of stats about, uh, you know, if you're leading the division at Memorial Day or at the 4th of July, if you're in a playoff position at Memorial Day or 4th of July, what are your odds of, of being there at the end of the year? And they're usually pretty good. Somebody will have injuries and fall apart and somebody will get hot. But those stories are the minority. Mostly the teams that are there by the 4th of July are the teams that are going to be there. Yeah. Uh, well, Seager, you know, playing for the Dodgers, and they've made the playoffs like eight years in a row or something. They're they're starting to approach that Braves run mm-hmm. when they had the uh, great pitching there. What was it in the 90s? Yep. And now these guys have owned this division, and they just added Mookie Betts. So there's no reason to think that they're not going to win the division again and be in the postseason. So he's setting the stage. I mean, I don't know that somebody from uh, whatever team, Kansas City, is going to be say this, saying this because Kansas City doesn't seem to have a snowball's chance to get in, or Miami. They're not saying it. <laughs> so he's, he, he's setting the stage for the potential playoff run that the Dodgers are expected to have. I see what he's doing. It's a political thing because he believes, rightly so, that his team has an excellent chance. Well, this all goes back to Phil Jackson. You know, he was the one who threw the asterisk out there for the 99 NBA season. And, of course, that was the year he was out of basketball, so he had no chance. So it was easy for him to throw it out there. That was the year after he left the Bulls and the year before he went to the Lakers. So it was easy for him to say. You know, it wasn't the, the Spurs eventually won it. It wasn't, wasn't going to be the Spurs who were throwing it out there. So 
probably depends on your perspective and how good of a shot you have. Yasiel Puig signing with the Atlanta Braves. After Nick Marquez opted out of playing this season, Puig spent last season with the Reds. He'd been with the Dodgers for a long time. He's also in Cleveland last year. So. Yes, that's a natural uh, position for him to land because of is playing right field and not wanting to play this season. Now, he announced that several weeks ago. And so Puig uh, gets this opportunity to fill that void. And Atlanta should be a very good team. 11 Major League Baseball umpires have opted out of the season, choosing not to work games because of COVID-19 reports. There are 76 full-time umpires, and uh, more than 20 of them are 55 or older. A couple of them are 67, although one of the 67-year-olds, Joe West, says he plans to work this season. But with no AAA baseball this season, I got to figure there's some pretty good umps they can plug in there. It shouldn't be too big a deal. Uh, No. I don't... uh begrudge any of these umpires who don't want to do it and those who do you know i've watched the korean league a little bit there and and their their umpires had the face masks and all that stuff and that gloves and uh, we're taking the precautions necessary to be out on the field but if an individual doesn't feel safe i'm not going to criticize them don't don't do it then if that that's up to you that's a personal decision you know to me it's like the missions for the lds church with these young lads if they want to go great if they don't want to go great it's a personal decision Whatever they decide, so be it. DJ PK, what is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up this morning, Aaron Falk is going to join us. Uh, used to write for the Salt Lake Tribune. He now writes for utahjazz.com, and he is one of the few living and working inside the bubble. What's it like? Jason Buck will explain, or Aaron Falk will explain it to us. And then Jason Buck will come on right after that. He's a former Outland Trophy winner at BYU. Played in a couple of Super Bowls. One of them with the Washington Redskins. We'll talk with him about the football season, the name change, and all those things at 8.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. The SEC said they probably wouldn't make a decision until the end of July. Big Ten and Pac-12 already making their decisions. I think they're using it as an excuse to cancel non-conference games because they're not going to have fans in the stands to be able to cover that nut. Some of those games are big TV games. How is USC feeling about losing Notre Dame and Alabama? They're probably not all that pleased, but I bet Washington is real pleased not to have to give Utah State $1.5 million. <laughs> That's who I'm talking about. So there's got to be a another motive on top of safety. And if we're talking about safety, it's a lot safer for Utah to play BYU than it is Utah to play Arizona State. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hot Takes of Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. All right, we got a question. Well, we actually have a couple questions up on our uh, Facebook page. But one of them, PK, it's like, do you have spies do you have your sources telling you about my behavior? Did you know? Or did you just sense? You just, you know, it's out there in the universe and someone is, it's finally tuned as yourself. 
of course you could just you know you could just feel it across the miles well i know inherently you're a bad person well more than that i think you know i'm a bonehead the question, in honor of the NBA players who broke the bubble rules and had to quarantine again, what is the biggest bonehead thing you've done? I did something uh, that was totally stupid at about 10.45 yesterday morning. It's total moron behavior. Total idiot. Hating myself for it. And then I see oh. this and I'm like, someone told you or you just sensed it in the universe. I don't know. So you saw a little old lady in a crosswalk and did not stop and get out and help her across. No, I, I can't believe it. I paid a guy to do it. Hey, you, honey box here. Help that lady. Well, that's good. I mean, Boom, you know, and then I went on. Stir the local economy. That's good. <laughs> uh, I mean, you were obviously busy and you didn't tell the driver to pull over. I understand. <laughs> James, pull over. Driving Mr. DJ. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> Someone will now immediately begin to edit my face in behind, uh, who, who was it? Was it Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. So I went to the ATM to get out 40 bucks yesterday, and I grabbed my card, and I grabbed the receipt, and I was thinking about something else, and I drove off. What part of the equation did I fail? <laughs> the 40 bucks. Oops! Now, I got about half a mile away, and I realized it and thought, what an idiot. Turned around, went back, and the, that bank branch is uh, closed. So there's nobody going in and out of the teller lanes and all that. So there was a car, a guy in a truck, right at the ATM right then. And so I was able to go in the out, because there's nobody coming to this closed branch. And he said, hey, excuse me, was there, was there money in that when you, when you pulled up? Yeah. 40 bucks? Yeah. I'm an idiot. That was mine. He goes, oh, no, there was money in it when I, you know, when I pushed in the buttons and I, and I pulled it out. <laughs> and then he just took it, rolled up his window and drove away. <laughs> I think he's got my 40 bucks. Oh, you think he lied, huh? Yeah, I think he did. And I think I'm a moron for not, you know, taking the 40 bucks out of the machine that was beeping at me. Okay, that's two different things, though. I'm an idiot. I mean, yeah, you had a lapse a moment there where you forgot what you were doing the concentration whatever you want to call it brain fart and so yeah okay that's fine too and you left the 40 bucks in there which is it's it's funny in a sense because the very reason you went there, there yeah and then you didn't complete the you didn't consummate the transaction and so that is funny and it's funny for me it's probably not funny it's not for funny you. for me uh, but you go there for the very reason and then you didn't do it so uh yeah that's funny but to think that someone would take your money that's a whole nother ball game that's that's low yeah because the i don't know whether he did or didn't but you seem to think he did so you would have more knowledge of that than well, I there's would, a, certainly. there is the possibility it occurred to me that he was confused by my initial question and he was right. not the first person in that line and that someone else could have taken it. I mean, right. I, that, I can't that's guarantee, what I thought. I can't guarantee you that that wasn't the scenario. Although, as he drove away, that wasn't what I was thinking. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> I didn't yeah, get, I get very that. far down the road, but I, I did get far enough that there was time. You know, there was time for someone else to have been there. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was... Uh, uh, I've had that happen on multiple occasions, not very long, not long at all. 
a couple of summers ago, you recall, I stopped at the Costco to get gas before coming into Channel 2. Oh, your wallet. And I put the wallet on the roof, and for some dumb reason, stupid reason, I'm never going to do that again. I don't know. You know, you take the card out. You got to put in the Costco, you got to put in two cards, right? You got to put in your Costco card, and then you put in your credit card or debit. But in my case, it was a credit card. And so... Uh, instead of putting it uh, back in my pants pocket, I put it on the roof, do the gas, drive off, turn out of the parking lot, not more than 10 yards, and I realize. And I go back, I look, Now I had to go into Channel 2, so I only had about a half hour. Then I go back later that night, nothing. And to this day, nothing. I mean, I had to go through the whole thing of going down to the DMV and, and everything and and I was stressed about it. And finally, at about, uh, you know, four hours later, my wife calls me. Yeah, just chalk it up. Come on home. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so be it uh, on that. One other time, I was back east. And uh, we were down at the Jersey Shore and bought a bunch of souvenirs, you know, uh, uh, gear. There's a place called Ocean City, New Jersey that I basically grew up going to. It's about an hour or so outside of Philadelphia. And uh, bought a bunch of paraphernalia, put it in a bag, had the rent-a-car, put it behind the uh, driver's side seat, and returned the rent-a-car, did not take it out. But before we got to the shuttle to take it to the regular airport, I I realized it went back. Nope, nope, nope. Didn't see nothing. Nope, nope, nope. Nobody saw a thing here. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, I I see what's going on here. So uh, there was nothing I could do about it. And I was sure that they saw it. I mean, obviously they saw it, but they just acted like, nope, not happening, not happening. Uh, More of an oversight. Yours, yours, I think, qualifies as a bonehead move, that's for sure. Good for me. Learn my yeah. lesson. Because I think you can misplace something, but as opposed to going to a place to do the very thing, I mean, the you you can not leave the you can leave the receipt there, but you take the cash. I mean, especially when you're going for cash. Uh, so that's why I don't I don't do any of that stuff anymore. Uh, I don't. I have no knowledge of any financial dealings in our life. My wife handles one hundred percent, literally one hundred percent, and she then uh, will give me twenties. And so every couple of weeks, then there may be a couple of twenties that just sit on my dresser, and because I spend no money, pretty cashless at this point, huh? I spend, I spend no money. I probably have six 20s in my wallet right now. They just sit there. I have gone from uh, probably getting cash out of the ATM a couple times a week to getting it once every other month. I, the, the number of times I spend cash has gone down dramatically. I would go once every other decade. <laughs> I, don't even know, I don't even know what my PIN number is. I don't. I have no clue what my pin number is, so I couldn't do it if I had to. And then she puts the twenties in my wallet, and then during the course of the given time period, whatever it might be, two weeks, three weeks, whatever, if she needs money, she goes back into my wallet. 
<laughs> this is the place she stores her 20s. <laughs> yeah, that's just I'm going to use your wallet as my storage area. <laughs> well, basically, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because I don't, I don't know. I never spend cash. Never. I mean, it just very, very rarely do I. I don't go anywhere. That's why this, this virus thing, for me, adhering to the guidelines, it's been a piece of cake for me. I don't go anywhere. <laughs> and it's I'm not, in the house. Well, I mean, sometimes you go yeah. upstairs and sometimes you go downstairs. You got to give yourself that. Yeah, well, that's not anywhere. <laughs> Yesterday I mowed the lawn, too. So for me, it's been very easy. I've been very fortunate that I don't I don't really go anywhere. So golf is your big, golf, your big outing. But she goes in and pays and most of it now a lot of it anyway you pay online ahead of time so you don't have to do that Mm -hmm. so yeah i I golf but that's been obviously an outside activity that's been deemed okay and uh, i ride with my wife in the cart if i'm not there uh with her then i'll take my own cart or i play this little men's league and we just walk nine it's flat over there at river oaks and, and it's very flat uh, so we just walk nine and do it right after the show. It takes about get, 90 minutes. Get the steps in. That's good deal. for you. Yeah. It's, 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 not, it's not taxing. And uh, it's not very hilly, particularly it's not up the front and down. nine. Yeah. So you don't, the back nine is a couple of things, but it's, it's not that big of a deal. So, yeah. So I just take the little pull cart, put the thing in, and away you go. So for me... I mean, I live a very basic, basic life. It's really stripped down, so I don't have to worry about this stuff. Uh, and I know other folks uh, do. I, I've gone to a restaurant once since March, one time. <clears throat> that was a couple of weeks back. And some friends invited us, and we went uh, like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So there wasn't nearly, and it was on a sat, uh, Friday, I think it was. Yeah, it was a Friday. And, but uh, there wasn't very many people. And that's literally the first time. And I only did it because they invited us. Other than that, we haven't done it. So we've literally not. That's the only time since March 11th that I've been inside a restaurant. DJ, there may uh, be some hope time. for you, by the way. Oh, yeah? We just had a caller call in and say, hey, DJ may want to check on this, but if after a certain amount of time, the ATM will actually pull that money back into the machine. He said, you may want really? to call your financial institution. He said, it's happened to him in the past. You can call them back and say, hey, I actually didn't take the money, and they can check on and maybe help you out. So nice, might be worth looking into. They so they've actually built that into ATMs because I'm not the only idiot where where to retrieve the money. (laughs) I'm not the first person who did that. Maybe not. So they suck the money back in. Essentially, yeah. As what caller just said. That'd be awesome. All right, I'll check on that. Thank you, caller. Thank you. I will check on that. We'll get a full report. All right, so we've got uh, we got people throwing up their stories here on the line, and that probably wasn't the best way to phrase it, but I phrased it like that because of the story Justin shared. You ready for this one, PK? Go ahead. Question of the day. In honor of the NBA players who broke the bubble rules and had to quarantine a second time, what's the biggest bonehead thing you've done? Justin says, the worst thing I've ever done, I mixed a pot of fake puke at home. And I went to the movie theater, oh. hid it in my jacket, climbed up to the balcony, and then I made a noise. And then I dumped it over the side all over the people in the audience. And then, and this was horrible, all the people started getting sick and throwing up on each other. I have never felt so bad in my entire life. What? You caused a chain reaction? Apparently, Ugh. yeah. Ugh. 
Yeah, that's a bonehead wow. move. Oh, great practical that... joke here. Uh-oh. <laughs> practical jokes. You got to be careful. That's disgusting, honestly. Yes, yes. Uh, the chain reaction uh, thing does something... happen. We have a boss who told me about that once. That uh, It happened in his family. One of the kids got sick, and he was coming up the stairs, and another kid got sick, and all of a sudden it was, uh, it was on. It was disgusting. But well, that you was know what real. They say that, that, the family that, that barfs together. <laughs> yeah, that was real. This was, you know, this was a prank gone horribly wrong. Oh, pranks gone wrong. Yeah, those those can be something. When I was working in Arizona at the second newspaper, I worked at two newspapers in Arizona before I took off to California, and we had a little satellite office in Chandler, Arizona. And at that, that, that time, Chandler was out in the boonies. Now it's a it's a real big time suburb, and uh, it was a little strip mall area. And the uh, owners of some of the places, or the renters of some of the businesses, would complain that the reporters would park in the spots that were close by, and you know they want them for the customers, right? So uh, we we would get. Uh, threatened not to park there and we had to park down the street a little bit to allow the more the closer spots in front of the businesses for the for potential customers right so uh this one gal i played a little joke on her i had this little uh official uh stationery i guess you'd call it from the chandler police and i left a note on her car door that uh, how many times i have to tell you blah 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 and i really played it up well she took it seriously and the next thing I know, the police department are in the newsroom. <laughs> and they're talking about this note. And I'm looking around like Ralphie in a Christmas story. You know, who, who, put, who put Flick up to putting his tongue on the cold pole? <laughs> Anybody here? And I'm looking, I'm looking around. No, 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 nothing about it. Nothing about it. You know, hoping that they don't take a handwriting sample. <laughs> I just meant it as a joke. I'm 24 years old, right? And uh, this I is just funny. This little joke playing. <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was funny. But I didn't. She and she was a real serious gal who always just seemed to have issues. But I thought I would loosen her up a little bit, and then I would say, "Oh, ha, ha, it's just me." But when she comes in the room with the police, I think, "Uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've got, uh, you're the only one who's been able to get the police involved. Uh, Brian says he called in a hoax and got fined by the police. I'm calling a hoax. Well, you called in the hoax. You involved the police in the hoax? That's apparently what he did. He doesn't give us any more details. Yeah, see, I didn't go that far. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't involve the police in a, as a hoax. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not okay. Matt, uh, uh, Matt, here's one. Nearly 40 years ago, myself and a few friends were messing around with the hookers on Second South that actually were undercover police officers. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Whoa. Oh, boy. That's a bonehead move. Don't do that. I have a hooker story. Can I tell it? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what this story is. (laughs) I thought I've told it on air. Oh, really? I think I have. Yeah, because there was a uh, Holiday Inn right next to the Hard Rock in Vegas, and it didn't have uh, any gambling and so forth. So it was when I was covering BYU basketball. Steve Cleveland was the coach. And uh, so the off night, I went to the Hard Rock and literally could walk there. I mean, it was just right next door to the parking lot. And, you know, I, I could kill time at the Hard Rock. But I'm not a gambler. 
so I could just look at the paraphernalia that they have and listen to the music. Just people watch, go in the sports book. I can kill four or five hours and literally not spend a quarter. Uh, so I, I mean, I, and I don't do that. Uh, uh, I'd take my parents out to Wendover when they would come into town, and I'd sit there and play the video poker just out of boredom. Uh, and then it was when they would say it was time to go, I would just hit the thing and try to get the uh, royal straight or whatever it's called, the uh, the highest odds. You know, I put ten bucks in and just do it for two three hours while they work the machines, the casinos. But anyway, so I start to walk back, and. Uh, that's on the road that comes out of the uh, airport. I think it's like Swenson. And so I'm walking on the sidewalk, and there's a hooker in a car, and she's going in the direction that I'm walking in, which is uh, north. But she's, uh, and I'm on the south side of the road, right? So she's slowing down, yelling, and there's no tr- oncoming traffic. She would go in, uh, about three lanes over, and she's like, you, honey, 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 you want to ride? I look at her. No, I'm walking. Well, then she said something that I won't repeat, and I kept walking. Well, she pulls into the parking lot, and the uh, front entrance, it's elevated a little bit, right? And so I start walking up from the south side. She pulls around from the north side, and so she's going to meet me right there at the front door. And... Steve Cleveland and Dave Rose, they had no idea, but they, they I'm sure they don't even remember. They start walking out. I don't know if they went to get a bite to eat or what. They start walking out, and there's this hooker chick talking to me, trying to get me in her car. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is just awful. These guys are going to think I'm picking up a hooker because <laughs> it's obvious we don't have an existing relationship here. <laughs> I was embarrassed. Like, leave me the freak alone. (laughs) I know. And I had to say, listen, my dear, I am not going to be using your services tonight. I'm going in that room. I'm going upstairs into my – I'm going in that room and going up in the elevator, and I'm shutting the door, and I'm locking it. (laughs) So please leave. And I think – I'm sure they don't even remember it, but they kind of looked at me like, What's going on here? here? You probably thought, uh, thought, yeah, uh, Steve probably said to Dave, keep walking. (laughs) So so that was my little interaction with the, what do they call them, ladies of the evening? And that's it. That's the only thing I've ever had. So the worst, what is the biggest bonehead thing you've done in honor of the NBA players who broke the bubble rules and had to quarantine again? Alpos, I can't say. Ha! You just can't say. You just can't okay. say. Well, now inquiring minds want to know. Come on, Al. We've, we have been had, gentlemen, by the way. Twitter uh, just informed us that the puking incident we talked about a little bit earlier apparently is a scene-by-scene recreation of the great movie The Goonies. So we got had. Oh, that's from The Goonies? We got had. Oh, nice. Okay. So apologies. The Goonies. Yeah, I didn't what? believe that. that I didn't, I'm glad that didn't I never happen. believed that in the first place. It got 16, I, I that 16 laughs and thumbs up on uh, Facebook. It was no. a great story. So whoever posted the Goonies script, Justin, that, uh, thanks for entertaining. That seemed outrageous. That I you would make that how up do you and have go to all that barf and go to all that work. What is fake barf? I never believed it in the first place. I don't know what you'd use for that. I know that uh, when I was in the 
fifth or sixth grade, we did haunted houses for a couple of years in the neighborhood I lived in. One of the neighbors had a had the patio, and it was it was perfect for it. And so they made and I don't know how they knew to do this, but they. <laughs> They brought me into the kitchen, and the, the the family mom and one of their kids is in there. What are you doing? Making brains and eyeballs for the haunted house. And I, the look on my face, <laughs> I was like, "What?" And it was uh, they were peeling grapes, and spaghetti sauce was how they did it. That was gruesome. That grossed me out. They should have used chips, because then you'd have chips for brains. But a bang. My sister once once went through a car wash uh, where you drive through, and she put the money in, mm-hmm. uh, the credit card, roll down the window, and then go through the drive through. Left, left the window down. Left the window down. Yeah. Oops. And and she had to go home. She was she was uh, out, it was during a work day, so she had a dress on and all that stuff. She had to go home and change. She, she forgot to roll the window up. Tommy says his biggest bonehead mistake was wedding number two. Uh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Well, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a heartbreak. Isn't the uh, divorce rate for second marriages far greater than the first? Uh, I've read that. I don't know what the numbers are, but yeah, I have read that. Yeah, I think it's the only reason why my wife stays with me. She's figured she got better odds. So self-effacing. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up in about 20 minutes, 15 minutes, uh, Aaron Falk. Writer for the UtahJazz.com with the team in Orlando, living and working in the bubble. We'll talk with Aaron at the top of the hour, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Look at how negatively BYU's defense is impacted with the inability to rush a quarterback. To have a guy that can work a pass rush against five linemen and get there is worth their weight in gold. BYU's got to figure this out, man. You can't go through another year like this. I just don't know if I'm looking at that BYU roster who that guy's going to be. The only guy that could do it is Tonga in the middle. You know, when you think about Utah, they've got two or three different guys that they can throw in the middle to get the press. I'm going to make a very bold prediction if we do have an entire football season or if we do have any parts of a, a football season i'll bet van fillinger has more sacks than any one of byu's individual players he right now is better at rushing the quarterback than anybody byu's got on roster and he's just a true freshman hanson scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97 5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night? With DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my Brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Because I was channel surfing last night, and if there's one thing I've learned, it's that this one channel, I think it's a sci-fi channel, I don't know what it is, 687 though on, uh, on uh, Comcast. And every time I go flipping through there, they're running a Harry Potter movie. It's like it ought to be rebranded the Harry Potter channel. It's the only thing that's ever on. Sure, it's and, not ABC Family. 
Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. Because that one's always good. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, so I, I stand corrected. It's ABC Family. They're all in the 680s. I don't know. The 690s has got a bunch of sports, and sometimes they punch in the number, but sometimes I just roll through the channels to see what movies are on. And the NFL Network is like 675, and so I'm just rolling towards that to see what they're playing. It ought to just be the Harry, the Harry Potter channel. I, I don't think they play anything else. Not nonstop Harry Potter movies. My daughter went through that phase. She's over it now, but there were times I'd come home and Harry Potter was on. Comfort food. Another Harry Potter movie. But that was elementary school and junior high. We've moved on now. You seen anything good last night? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. What'd you catch? I was watching some, uh, one of these things. Uh, I think it was one of the ESPN stations on uh, Tommy John's surgery. Oh, really? And Tommy John, yeah, Tommy John talking about it. And Dr. Frank Job had performed it. And, you know, it was revolutionary at the time. And he was talking about when he was pitching that he felt this pain in his elbow. And he said, but in those days, you never said anything. You just threw, pitched through it. And he was pitching one game, and the uh, pain was so severe. And I think he said the ball, like, acted like it slipped out of his hands. He said it went in the stands. So he threw another pitch. And it was just like a little looping softball pitch. And Walter Alston was the manager. He said he no motion for him. And he went up the up the uh, clubhouse tunnel there. And and uh, they had the then they're interviewing uh, Job. And Job died in 2014, I think, at the age of 88. And this was taped in. 2013 so it was a year before he passed so he would have been 87 you could tell he was extremely old uh and he couldn't get around much but he was talking and he was fine talking and they talked about this revolutionary surgery and he told tommy john that you know i don't i don't know how it's going to work but i do know if you don't do it you'll never pitch again and he came back and pitched uh pitched for the dodgers uh they when they went to the world series i think in 77 I think they were playing the Phillies, and he went the distance in that game, and they won it, and then they went on to the World Series. I think they lost to the Yankees that year. Uh, and then I think he later pitched for the Yankees and all that stuff. And So then they were interviewing Lasorda about it, and Lasorda said, yeah, I'm glad it was Tommy John who had that because it has since been known as the Tommy John surgery. He oh said, boy, can you imagine go. if Dr. Job had performed it on Billy Gabarkowitz? <laughs> and, of course, it would be known as the Billy Gabarkowitz uh, surgery and I looked up Billy Gabarkowitz and he did play for the Dodgers from 1969 to 1972 and then he moved down to the California Angels in 1973 so he stayed in the area he played seven years in the big leagues Billy Gabarkowitz yeah so it's fortunate that it wasn't on Billy Gabarkowitz first because I, you know the, the, the Billy Gabarkowitz surgery that's that's a mouthful versus Tommy John I was a little kid, and I can't remember anything about him. I don't know if he hit for power or he didn't. I Honestly, he was probably right-handed just because most guys are, but he could have been left-handed. He could have been a switch hitter. I don't know. All I remember is my dad was watching a game and pointed him out and said, look at the letters on the back of that guy's jersey. And they literally went like from one shoulder all the way over to the other shoulder. That's really what I remember about Billy Grabakowitz. Wow. I couldn't have told you that uh, Billy Gabarkowitz had even lived. If my dad hadn't pointed that out, I'd be right there with you. But I still remember pointing at the TV going, wait till they take a shot of this guy. I think he's in the batter's box. Uh, wait till they take a shot of this guy. And they take a shot. You're like, whoa, that's the longest name I've ever seen on the back of somebody's jersey. 
Tommy John had that surgery uh, the year he was 32. He didn't play, but having and and I guess you can figure his elbow would give out. He was in the major leagues at the age of 20, so he's got 12 years in the major leagues. He has that surgery and he comes back and he pitches for another 14 years. Yeah, he won 288 games in the big leagues. Yeah, uh, you're right. I'm looking at it right now. But I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame. It would normally say Hall of Fame there if you're looking at some form of statistics of his. I'm looking. It looks like he's a four-time All-Star. Three after the surgery, one before. But at 35, 36, and 37 with that rebuilt arm, 21 and 9, 22 and 9. He was crushing it for the Yankees in 79 and 80. He was awesome. But he did not, he's not in the Hall of Fame at 288 wins. wins. That's 12 shy of the automatic guaranteed lock 300. I had no idea that he had that level of success uh, until he, he said it. And he said that I've won 288 games yeah. in the big leagues, but I'm known for this other thing. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Aaron Falk's going to join us, utahjazz.com. He's living and working in the bubble in Orlando. Tell us all about the jazz and what life is like in Florida, and that's next.